Welcome to the Life Well-Lived Podcast. I'm Kayla Brandon, a holistic health coach and wellness enthusiast. I am absolutely obsessed with learning about people who live their most authentic lives. In this podcast, you'll hear stories about those who truly live a life well-lived and what they do mentally, spiritually, and physically to get there. Thanks so much for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump into your daily dose of practical advice on pursuing a life with purpose and passion. This week, I interviewed one of my best friends, Brittany Denver, a social worker by trade. Brittany and I spoke pretty vulnerably about her previous bouts of anxiety and depression and what her life looks like today, one year medication-free. In this episode, we cover her mental health journey, history of medication, what pivotal moment made her get off her medication, how she manages her positive mindset and mood, and so much more. Without further ado, let's get into it. Brittany, welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Um, so Brittany is my best friend, and I have known you, obviously, for a very long time, but the audience might not know you. So can you do a little intro? Tell us about yourself, where you're from, what you're doing with your life, kind of what season you're at, and all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, I just wanted to say thank you so much for inviting me onto your show. Honestly, I was shocked. So seriously, thank you so you're much. Crazy. I appreciate it. <laughs> You're, you have so much, so much wisdom to share, so I can't wait to get, to get into that. Uh, you're sweet. Thank you. So like Kayla said, my name is Brittany. I'm 29. I'm from Michigan. Uh, first and foremost, I would like to say that I'm a Catholic and I'm a follower of Jesus. Um, I really have been enjoying our time together, Kayla. I know we've been doing this Bible study, and um, I'm actually doing a separate one with my husband and some other couples right now. So I really feel like Christ is the definition of my life and it has truly brought me to where I am today, the person that I am and the person that I want to become. So uh, yes, I'm a Catholic and I'm very proud of that. I'm a wife. I've been married uh, for a little over a year now. We got married in August of 2020 last year. So it was a crazy time uh, planning the wedding, but everything worked out beautifully and exactly how it was supposed to. I'm a mother and my husband, Steve and I, we had our first daughter in May of this year. Her name is Ava and she is actually six months old today. I have two sisters, they're my best friends. So shout out to Kristen and Danielle. Love you guys and your support over the years. And I graduated with a bachelor's and master's in social work. So I've been working as a school social worker over the last six years here in Michigan and I've been in three different districts. And this school year, I was actually very fortunate to be able to take off so I can be home and raise my daughter. Uh, my district offers an annual leave of absence when you have a child. So I've really, really been enjoying my time raising my daughter, learning about motherhood, learning about myself. And it's just been a really great time. Um, I'm also a rep with Monates. For those of you that don't know what that is, it's Modern Nature. And basically it's an anti-aging, toxic-free hair care, skin care company. And I've been working on building my business while being at home with my daughter. It's really been a huge blessing to be able to make an income while being at home. And just some fun facts about me. I love summer, uh, especially going out on my sister's boat, taking walks with my daughter when it's not freezing cold like it is here in Michigan right now, spending time with loved ones. And just a fun fact, I love rapping and ice ice <laughs> baby and bottoms up are my jam. So if you see me at a social event, I will take the microphone and karaoke that for you. <laughs> I, at your next wedding reception. But yeah, so that's a little bit about me in a nutshell. 
I have witnessed that uh, karaoke moment so many times. It's like, I can't even keep track, Um, but you're always the life of the party. And I feel like even if you're sober, you're completely like, you're the same person. You're just so fun and outgoing. And that was a great intro. Really was holistic, well-rounded. And I want to dive into kind of like the social work stuff in a bit. But first I want to talk about your mindset and mental health history. So you're very open about this on social media. I know that especially during this time at home with your daughter, you've been very interested in transforming how you think of the world and how you respond to situations. And we've talked a lot um, about that on this podcast, but I want to know from your perspective, someone who was diagnosed um, with certain mental health disorders and mm-hmm. was on medication for a, for a number of years. Mm-hmm. What was that like then? And then what has your journey been like to get to where you are today with your mental health and your mindset? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, mental health has been a huge part of my life and um, definitely a road to healing. Lots of ups, lots of downs, but I'll kind of take you back to the beginning. Um, I would say that my, I noticed my anxiety really beginning when I was in high school. Um, I didn't really know what it was or how to define it. I was nervous majority of the time. And it's really interesting because like you said, typically I am the life of the party. I like being the center of attention, but I don't know if that was just a way for me to kind of cope with the anxiety. Like, oh, I'm going to put myself out there and do all these things. And then maybe the anxiety will decrease. But I was a very anxious person um, all throughout school, all throughout um, high school into college. Uh, just about tests, grades, speaking in front of the class, uh, even finding a seat in the lunchroom, social situations. Um, I would literally text my friends saying, hey, where are you sitting or can you meet me at the door? And I would just be like literally sweating and shaking in my own boots trying to find the seat in the lunchroom. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? So maybe these reactions are normal though, but it didn't really feel normal to me at the time. And really in high school, I was not confident in who I was. I just really followed the crowd. I cared way too much about what other people thought of me, and I was very insecure. Uh, I had a very hard time hiding my anxiety, too, and it's, like, funny, but not because I actually just remember this. In high school, people would call me spaz, and I'm like, (laughs) so I, like, outwardly was showing my anxiety, like, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous, and what if this happens? What if this happens? And I just could not cope with it. I could not deal. So I, I don't know where that just came from and how I just thought of that, but... Um, so moving on into my college years, um, I decided to stay home, to stay home for college. And then you and I both went to college together and we're in the same sorority and all that good stuff. So I lived with my parents, which I really am very fortunate for. Uh, and this is the time when I noticed the depression starting to kick in. Like I never really struggled with depression before. Mainly it was anxiety. Um, I would sleep a ton. Uh, I'm talking like new, like midnight to noon. And then I would take naps throughout the day. Um, I would say that I did this majority of my 20s. Nothing was really exciting except for sleeping. And I think that it was a way of just escaping reality, escaping those negative thoughts and that anxious feeling that I would just turn to sleeping. Um, And that was what I learned was my coping skill. I just slept all the time. Um, And don't get me wrong, like I did not have a bad life at all. I, if you look at it, I really did have an amazing life. Like my parents, my sisters, my friends, everybody was so caring. So it was really weird to me that I often had these feelings of anxiety and depression Um, and having this doubt within myself, this doubt within my abilities. Um, I was just sad. I felt empty and I wasn't really looking forward to anything. Um, And from time to time, I did have like fleeting thoughts of suicide. I knew I didn't want to do it. And 
I think that's what then drove me to seeking out a therapist and saying, hey, I got to do something about this. I knew I wasn't going to do it. I knew I had a great life, but I was like, why am I feeling this way? It was just very, very odd. So I started seeing a therapist when I was 19. Um, I'm not going to lie. It was really awkward at first. I had no idea what I was doing (laughs) or what I was getting myself into. Um, But as time went on, I really noticed that it was nice to start talking with somebody about my feelings because I never really had before. I just kept them bottled up and just thought, um, this is who I am and this is what I'm going to be like for the rest of my life. And so it was nice to kind of just get it out there and have that sense of feeling like, hey, I'm not alone. Um, My therapist was awesome. And I started seeing her weekly. And then it slowly faded out over time into like monthly and then just a couple times a year and whatnot, which was um, really good because that's essentially, I think, the premise of therapy. Like you go to get that initial help and then you get help along the way and then kind of fading out. Um, So I saw her on and off up until I was 27. Uh, So that's about what, eight years. And during that time, I was on a lot of different medications. I was on antidepressants, anti-anxiety meds, uh, probably 10 different ones total that we were experimenting with. Um, and they're not cheap. They're really not cheap. So looking back at that time period in my life, um, honestly, Kayla, I don't think that I ever really felt better after being on these meds and after going to therapy. Yeah, it felt good going and getting things off my chest, but I met, I didn't see a change within myself after eight years of doing this. Um, I was still struggling a ton with anxiety and depression and it I don't know. It was just kind of really weird. I'm like, wait, like, shouldn't I be making some sort of progress? Um, so during those eight years, I, I really wanted to start helping others out who felt like me. And that's hence the reason that I went into social work. Um, at one point I even wanted to go to the Peace Corps. I don't, you probably know that. And I went on a few mission trips and stuff like that. I was trying to find like my service. Um, I wanted to serve other people who felt like me so I could help them. And it's kind of, weird and contradicting. I don't know, because I was like, I can't even help myself. So if I can't help myself, how am I going to help other people? Because I still was facing so many demons within myself. Um, But I don't know. So basically, I feel like, yeah, I could have been in here to listen or had a large amount of empathy towards them, because I do feel like that is one of my strengths. But right now, I do feel like I'm in a much better place. Um, And then yeah, I'll touch on that as well. So After all that whole shebang, I became pregnant with my daughter when I was 28, and it was recommended by my psychiatrist to go off of my medication. Um, I'll be honest, I panicked, I was scared. I thought, what would life be like without my medication? It was really all I knew for the last eight years. Um, I was taking three different pills a day. Um, I was dependent on them, I was scared. I was thoughts of like, what if I go out of control? What if I spiral? What if I have fleeting thoughts of suicide again? What would I do? Who would I become kind of thing? So I went off. It was really bad for the first couple of weeks. My body was detoxing because it was so dependent on it. I remember those feeling like panic attacks at night. I was sweating. I was shaking. I was dizzy. I was angry. I didn't really feel like myself, but as time went on, my body slowly started recovering and then I started to feel normal again. I feel like that was very long-winded, but I kind of just wanted to take you through the um, story of kind of where I was and now where I'm at and where I'm going. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's exactly well hey that's the exactly the question was like your, your yeah, history right and yeah. so I want folks to know because obviously you're one of my best friends and we've known each other since we were freshmen in high school so very very long time um because we're both approaching 30 um yeah. and I just I feel like people need to know that like the change that 
you've made in yourself mm-hmm. is so drastic. Like I've yeah. seen such a light come come like to the surface for you and you're just so naturally like your disposition is naturally calm and not as reactive and not and it's not like any of those things are bad but I just noticed like I would I didn't know you were on medication until honestly a few years ago you didn't really talk about being on medication with like me and that's fine because that's a very personal decision but at the end of the day like I didn't know about it and then once I knew I kind of thought wow like I didn't know it was that serious you know I feel like the first thing someone says reacts to I guess when they hear that from like their loved one or their best friend is I like how can I help right and at the end of the day I think what you discovered and correct me if I'm wrong is it it, a lot of it came down to helping yourself because that's at the end of the day like medication only helps to a certain extent like you need to kind of like get some fire under you and, and make some changes so can you tell us how all of that has shifted in light of the pandemic you took a break from your full-time job which is very demanding emotionally and yes. I'm sure physically being in the schools and stuff like that when, as a social worker. And now you're a stay-at-home mom um, who has an online business. And so all of these things are big shifts, right? You yeah. have the social work identity. Now it's more of like a business entrepreneur identity and saleswoman. Mm-hmm. And then you had, you know, married and single Brittany. And then now you're mom, Brittany. <laughs> so tell us how your mental health has changed throughout all of these life transitions. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say that, like you said, it all starts with you. It all starts with the inner work, finding your inner peace. And really, I will bring this back to God. It all started with me seeking him out and thinking, I need a change. I need to change my life. I cannot live this way anymore. I do not want to take medication until I die. Because honestly, that's what I thought was going to be happening is that I was like, I don't know when I will ever get off. And it really, truly was scary um, to think about that. So I would say that, and I'll take you through that. So my mental health, I would say really started to begin to change after I completely got off my medication in December of 2020. And my one year anniversary is coming up soon. And I am like so proud to celebrate that because I'm like, wow, one year, that's great. That is just awesome because I never thought that that day would come. So a huge part of this was fully investing myself and my time into my business with Monet and then also really focusing on God. And it's kind of weird to think about like, how does mental health and doing an online business and being an entrepreneur kind of go hand in hand, but it does. Because in order to run a business, what I have come to find out is that you need to be confident, you need to be brave, you need to have energy, You cannot take things personally. You have to be okay with failing and you have to know how to get back up. You can't run your days on emotion. And that's what I did my entire life was I specifically ran my days on emotion. If Brittany woke up and Brittany was feeling high, 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 then Brittany would go run around, do all the things. She'd do laundry, she'd go grocery shopping. She would call friends and talk to them. But if Brittany was low, then Brittany would sleep all day. And that is what I've come to find out is that you can't run your days on emotions. And that's why it's so important to find that stability within yourself. And it takes a lot of work. I am not going to lie. So I actually started as a rep with Monate um, two and a half years ago. And I would say my first two years of the business was solely working on myself and the inner strength and the inner growth 
And I really had to dig deep. So some of the things that I did within that is what has helped shift my mindset and everything like that is starting my day with prayer and starting my day with, um, I actually have a little note section on my phone and um, I just have little pinpoints of different things that I'm going to do. And they're the very smallest thing, the very tiny things. And something that I've realized is it's the small little tiny things that you do your habits is what is going to define you. It is going to determine who you are. It's going to determine your thoughts for the day and essentially where you're going. So I really started focusing small. So I started um, listening to podcasts. I started making my bed. I started reading. I started um, looking at an app called I Am that's positive affirmations. And it's something just super simple. It's like, I am worthy. I am great. I believe in myself. I can do hard things. You got this type thing. So it's just starting to train your brain. Your brain is a muscle, right? So Kaylee, you work out. So you know that if you go work out one time and you do one bicep curl, are you going to be like, <laughs> um, hey, I was just going to say bodybuilder. Body yes. Are you going to be a bodybuilder? Like, no, no, you have to continue to work on it. It has to be consistent. So training your brain and working on yourself and that muscle is going to take time. It's going to take work and it's going to be hard and it's going to be a bumpy road. I lived it. I was very up, very down, very all over the place. And it was very hard to kind of center myself and come back. And even just um, doing the very small things like making my bed, it was really hard to overcome that. But I was like, I know that this is what's going to help me and kind of set my day up for success. So I don't know if you've ever heard of Mel Robbins before, but she's someone that I really enjoy. And she is the one that um, came up with the 54321 rule. So during my days, I will say that to myself throughout. So it's like, okay, you have this thought, Brittany, you've got to make your bed. And then it's like, but I don't want to make my bed because it's exam right now. And I don't want to do that. And that's pointless and that's dumb. And then it's like, okay, five, four, three, two, one. And before you hit the one, then you've got to get up and you've got to go and you've got to make a move because if you don't, then your brain is going to take over and start coming up with so many excuses. So I would say for me that having a solid morning routine and changing my tiny habits throughout the day is what has really gotten me to the place that I am today. So... Um, it's been huge though, because I do not blame the world for my problems anymore. I was always my problem. I was always my own worst enemy. I don't blame the world. If I don't, um, get up and do what I say to do, is that your fault? You're like, no, it's not. It's my fault. Um, I don't play the victim. I don't get angry. I'm not kidding you. I used to yell and cry all the time. Like that's just how I coped. And that's how I reacted to a lot of situations is I would scream bloody murder to like the point where like sometimes like veins would show my neck and I'm like laughing but not because I'm like I no, can't I've even seen believe, it yeah I can't even believe that that was the person that I was and like to where I am now like yeah obviously I'm still healing and I'm still growing and I'm still evolving and trying to become the best version of me but I have come leaps and bounds to where I was just because of those small changes like just tears all the time and it's really funny because my husband's like I'm really proud of you. Like you haven't cried in a really long time. And it sounds <laughs> funny, but like, I'm like, I know because it's just how I reacted all the time, but I have more energy and happier. I don't struggle with depression and I do um, have anxiety from here, like from time to time, but that's okay. And it's something that I'm just continuing to work on. So, well, I think yeah. it is something to celebrate that you haven't cried in a while. Cause I cried like earlier today like I cried earlier today <laughs> and it's not like you know it's not over something as mundane as like I'm upset that something won't work within like I don't know my professional life it's more like something moves me and I'm emotional and then I'm like oh that's so sweet and then I just start crying yeah. I think that's being a mom so kudos mm -hmm. to you for like managing that because <laughs> I can't relate but I want to I want to um 
really focus on all the the strides that you've made. Obviously, like you were talking about like managing your emotions, managing your mental health, managing your mindset, and really what it comes down to is I'm hearing discipline in all of this. That's yeah. a major theme. Like you are very disciplined now. And I think you're also disciplined in your spiritual life because yeah. you know, the twenties, your twenties are so wide ranging, right? Like when you're 20 years old or 21, that is a very different person than 25. 25 mm-hmm. is very different than 27. 27 yeah. is different than 29. Like every two years, it's an evolution. So can you walk us through kind of your spiritual evolution from like 20 to where you are right now? Cause I feel like there's been a big shift there too. Yeah, absolutely. So um, like I mentioned to you all that I am Catholic. I was born and I was raised Catholic. So I would go to church with my parents every Sunday, but I never really understood the message or the structure of mass. Um, Like I never really understood what I was doing. And I think a lot of us that go to church with their parents on Sunday, they're like, oh, it's just another Sunday and this is what you do. And then you sit and then um, you listen and then you get a donut afterwards if you were quiet the entire time. True, true. But um, so once I got to college, I actually stopped going to church because I it was up to me and I didn't have to do that anymore. And I think I think a lot of people might do this. I don't think I'm alone I, on this. Like I totally did that, yeah. A lot of people fall away because it's like, hey, now I'm in college and I'm an adult and I can make my own decisions. And yeah, I went to church with my parents every Sunday for the last 18 years, but now I get to call the shots and I don't want to. And truly, I did not make that a priority in my life until I would say most recently. My 20s were very up and down. I fell away from God and then I brought myself back and fell away about that. And I feel like I did some experimenting as well. Like I would go to different churches, um, not Catholic churches, and I was trying to feel this sense of like fulfillment or I was trying to just feel something. And again, you can see the theme of my life is all feelings and emotions, which I think Again, I don't feel that I am alone on this. I think a lot of people run their life on emotions and don't know how to just be like steady with it. And that you just want to feel something all the time. So I wasn't feeling anything. So I experimented. And then um, I sometimes would go to church and then I, but then I never really took anything away from it. Um, And it's nothing that anybody did or didn't do. I think I was just young. I think I was naive and I just didn't really know what was happening or what I was searching for. I feel like through my twenties, I was on this soul search. Who are you? Like, and then especially going through therapy too, I was like struggling. And then I'm like, who are you and who do you want to become essentially? And I had no idea until this last year who I wanted to become. And it really is all thanks to well, first of all, my family for bringing me up in the church. And I'm also very thankful for my husband, Steve, because he is very, very, very sound in his faith, in his beliefs, in his views, in his religious ways, getting a little emotional because I just, I know that God brought me to him. So then I could come back to the church and that so I could feel more sound and okay with who I am and start to love myself again and start to seek a relationship with God again. And I am so grateful for my marriage and for where I am at right now in my life. I enjoy going to church on Sunday with my husband and my daughter. Like it's something that I look forward to. I now understand the structure of mass. I understand that there's two readings, that there's a gospel, there's a homily. I'm listening for the words. I'm listening for the themes now. And it really is a lot of thanks to him. Um, I love our Bible studies. I love saying my morning gratitude and my prayer. And I think that's another thing that I've come to find out is that be grateful 
Be grateful in every single thing that you have. Even if you don't think that you have something to be grateful for, there is always something to be grateful for. I have a gratitude journal. I write down three things I'm grateful for every morning. And it could be something as simple as uh, a blanket. I'm so thankful for this warm, cozy blanket that I have. I'm so thankful for this cup of coffee. I'm thankful for this home that I live in. I'm thankful to have hands to be able to hold my daughter. I'm thankful to have feet to walk up my stairs to go get my daughter from her crib. So I don't even know if that answered the question. But I think, <laughs> like I was just very kind of all over the place in my 20s, soul searching, trying to find out who I am. I feel very much at peace now, very happy with where I'm at. I'm very glad that I am brought back to the faith with church and um, that that's the center of my marriage as well. That's something that I think a lot of couples struggle with is usually there's one person who's more spiritual and another who's kind of not. And then it's the, the scales are a little bit imbalanced. Whereas I feel like the healthiest relationships are one where you share your faith together. And that's actually a hard place to get to. Cause at least from what I understand, a lot of men are not the best at sharing their faith with others yeah. because the way we teach men how to behave in society, um, they're not great at sharing their emotions. And while spirituality isn't an emotion, I feel like it's closely tied to an emotion like, like joy and happiness and things like that. So, um, I, I feel like that is a great foundation for your spiritual life because you know that if your marriage was based on anything else, like when the bad times were bad, maybe it would be a little bit more rocky, but when you, when the bad times are bad, you can both unite together mm -hmm. and say, okay, well, we're going to get through this because we have this true North, right? We have God that we, we worship and we believe in and we love. And I think that's really beautiful. And I'm so happy that you found that because I know there's a lot of people listening who probably haven't found that yet, or maybe their relationship is lacking that. So, um, it's an unexpected question, but it kind of popped into my head. How do you, how do you embrace a marriage that has God at the center of it? Yeah. It's just, it truly is the most beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, we most recently started doing a Bible study and um, that's really put a new perspective on our marriage because, well, actually we did one before, um, I think a while. It wasn't that last year, Kayla, I think during like the heat. Oh yeah. COVID and everything like that. But um, I think doing things like that is really important just to get you kind of looking at the word and starting to pray more together and um, having converse, starting conversations about it. And I think that if there are people out there that are feeling a little lost, like, where do I start? Um, I think maybe, you know, going to church, going and listening to the word, pulling out uh, your Bible and flipping through and starting with the gospels and just having like talking points or conversations about that or looking in your local community to see if there is a Bible study that you can go to, or just saying a quick prayer before going to bed, or saying grace before eating dinner. Like it's just the, it's the small things that you do that mean the most. And like I said, I am just very, very grateful, very blessed for where we are at in our marriage and that God is always the center of it. And then Steve really is always, the, he's so like, He's just always very steady with his emotions. There's never no, there's no ups, no downs. And he's the one that keeps me grounded and always brings me back. And it all, he always brings me back to the faith. And he always reminds me of God and says, you know, I don't know. Just, he just brings yeah. me back down to earth. And it's just very special. Yeah, I think so too. I think, 
I think that's something lost in this day and age. I think there's a lot of couples that are seeking something other than like a spiritual foundation for their marriage. And so when problems arise, like something as small as like someone didn't, you know, finish the laundry that they said they would finish, people can explode because Mm -hmm. it's like pent up emotion of like not having that deeper connection on like a spiritual level. And also I I might want to add that we are both Catholic, but certainly whatever religion you decide to follow, just do that. Like be the best you can within your own religion. Of course, like we have certain beliefs, but at the end of the day, if you're Jewish or if you're Buddhist or something like that, um, or a non-denominational Christian, go for it, but make that the foundation of your life and like watch what God does. Cause I think God meets people where they're at. So, um, to, to bring it back to wellness, because that's uh, yeah. what my platform is focused on. Yes. I would love to know some staple wellness practices that you have that you really can't live without. So these can be things like, of course, we've talked a lot about prayer and gratitude and things like that, but also something like going for a walk or calling a loved one or working out. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I touched um, on a couple of these already, but like I mentioned, I love starting my day out with gratitude and just thanking God, whether that be me writing down three things that I'm grateful for in my journal or just kind of closing my eyes, doing the sign of the cross and just thanking God. Um, Thanking God for my journey, for my life, where I'm at right now and having dedicated time for prayer too. And one of the things that I've noticed over time is that you don't necessarily, because I'm always very hard on myself sometimes as well, getting better though, but it doesn't necessarily be nice. Be, it needs to be a carved out time. Like I'm going to spend 10 minutes in my morning um, to pray to God. And if I don't get to that, then my day is shot and my day is done. Like, no, the important thing that I've realized is that you are building a relationship with God. So talk to him throughout your day. So that's something that I do too. If I don't get to it right in the morning, um, I will just say quick prayers throughout the day. So that's a practice that I have loved that has been incorporated into my life and it keeps me just sound. Whenever I'm feeling anxious, I just say a quick prayer and I'm like, please, God, just even if it's just something as small as take this anxiety from me. And then it kind of puts me back in check. Um, I love going on walks with my daughter, which I never really loved to do before. Uh, well, I never had a daughter before, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, I'm not the biggest exerciser, but once I had her and it was summer and stuff like that, going for walks with her, um, listening to podcasts or even just like motivational series on YouTube. Like I'll just type in motivational talk and then a five minute thing will come up just to kind of get you like a little pep in your step in the morning. Um, and then also the app that I mentioned before, the I am app, um, I get reminders every hour of just different positive affirmations. So those are some of the things. And then I'm continuing to kind of find my groove and fit some more things in throughout my day, but I try to exercise. I'm not consistent, but you know, I would say, so I always like tell people because they're like, well, what's like the magic answer or the magic equation, right? To like lose weight or look great. And I'm like, sustainable movement. So for you, that's walking. Like walking is so good for everyone. I wish more of us got to it more often. And certainly because you have a daughter who cannot walk herself, she's in a stroller. So that encourages you to go for walks too. So I think that's great. Um, sure. Do you have any, you mentioned obviously podcasts and motivational things like that. So I'm all about resources, like very specific granular resources. Do you have any books or podcasts or anything like that that has helped you in your journey? Yeah. So the first podcast that I ever started listening to was the Mindset Mentor. And I loved him. He is the one that really taught me that 
thoughts are not facts and that you are just creating stories in your brain essentially. And that's what I've been doing my whole life. And then I get so worked up about everything because I'm like creating just nonsense within my head and you have it within you to stop those thoughts and just say that this isn't the truth. You have the power and the strength within you to determine what to believe and where, what your next move is going to be. So I really like him and his are only like 15 to 20 minutes. So if it's just a quick something to put in your ear, um, Trent Shelton is a really good one um, for some quick motivational um, things as well. And then I've really been loving Ed Milet. So I didn't know who he was prior to my annual conference with Monate this in September. So since September, I've been listening to him very often. And he has some really great guests on his show. And like, and follow him on Instagram too, because he has a lot of great like motivational um, things like that as well. Um, obviously your podcast as well. I really, and I'm not just saying that you always have really great guests and feel, I feel that you have the gift of communication that you just know who you are. You know how to talk to people, you know how to have conversations. So, um, your podcast and some of the people that you've had on it have been really helpful as well. And then the, I am app, you need to download that. And then the book atomic habits, just to start changing your, just to start changing little things little tiny things throughout your day is what matters the most. Well, I want to say I love all of your recommendations and thank you so much for listening <laughs> to this podcast. It makes you. sense because you're a guest and I love you too. Um, uh, I'm so glad that you've benefited from from other podcasts, but also mine because I do think yeah. that's that's a huge reason why I started doing this is because I'm a podcast lover. I'm a binge podcast all the time when I can. Um, and I think that there's, it's such an accessible way to reach millions of people potentially with something as simple as a microphone and a recording device. Yeah. Like it's, I think that's so beautiful. And I'm glad that those resources have helped you too, because I know that I know that that is an integral part of like your mindset shift and like your daily habits is listening to these other people speak about what's helped them and like what, what their daily life is like. So, um, so it's really beautiful and you're so good at, at spreading positivity and joy and joy is an inside job. I learned that, uh, happiness is external joy is internal. And I feel like you radiate joy and I'm so thankful that you're able to share that joy with others, um, in what you do. I appreciate that. Of course. Well, I would hate to end the podcast without, ending it on this note because this is my favorite question and you know it's coming because you're a listener. Um, Brittany, I want to know what living a life well-lived means to you. Absolutely. So I think first and foremost, it's having a relationship with God. And that's where it all starts. Everything else in life trickles from your relationship with him and listening to his word. And I know that through experience, because once I started really diving deeper into my faith is when everything started to change. Um, I also think if you are feeling fulfilled, like you're doing what God called you to do, uh, having a deep sense of peace, and then continuously growing and striving to become the person that God intended you to be, always growing. And that's something that I never realized before is that God put you on this earth, not to be the person who you started out to be, but there's evolution and there is change and there is growth and there's going to be hard times. But if you are striving to be better today than you were yesterday, then I think that you are on a great path. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And I think that that is 
a beautiful way to end such a fantastic interview and you've been such a light and you continue to be. Um, where can people find you on social media or on the internet? How can they connect with you? Yeah. So mainly I would say that I am on Instagram just at Brittany Denver, B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y-D-E-N-V-E-R. And then I'm on Facebook from time to time too, but Instagram is my name. <laughs> and you've got lots of links I know in your bio. So if people yeah. want to reach out to you, maybe try some products or even honestly, just send you a DM and just talk because you're so open yeah. and you're very, I say, I, I'm feel like I'm repeating myself. Like you're very open, you're very caring. And I feel like a lot of people can relate to your story with mental health. So definitely, um, if it's okay with you, you know, if people Absolutely. are feeling a certain way and they're on medication, um, yes, and they're, please. they're looking into transitioning. I think that that's something to look forward to, um, yes. is talking to someone who's been through it. And I, we both want to emphasize that if medication is necessary, absolutely take the medication. There's times in your life for it. Yes. Um, but I think the prolonged use is definitely a, it's like an epidemic in our country to keep people on medication for years and years and years and yeah. not show them how to kind of get to the root of the problem. So I, I so appreciate you sharing such, such a vulnerable side of your life that I don't think a lot of people know about. And I know that this kind of opens that, you know, floodgate for you. So, um, hopefully it provides some healing for you, but also for others too, who are listening. Absolutely. Yes. And thank you so much for having me. I really do appreciate it. It was nice to get some things out there. And like Kayla mentioned, even if you just want to chat, please, please send me a DM. Amazing. Well, Brittany, I know I'll talk to you probably in five minutes because we're probably. <laughs> constantly <laughs> talking on Instagram or text. But, um, but again, thank you for being on here and we will talk soon. All right. Thank you, Kayla. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Kayla underscore underscore Brandon. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.